This is Recorded Future, Inside Security Intelligence. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 237 of the Recorded Future podcast. I'm Dave Bittner from the CyberWire. Recorded Future's Insect Group recently published a report titled Cyber Threats to Veterans in 2021, Spam and Scams Exploit Support for Veterans. The report outlines the ways online scammers are targeting both veterans themselves and people who may be sympathetic to causes that claim to support veterans. Andrew McIntyre and David Carver are members of the Recorded Future Insect Group's subscriptions and periodicals team, and they join us with insights from the report. Stay with us. My inspiration for this report uh, is kind of twofold. So first and foremost, I am a veteran myself. I served six years in the Navy as an Arabic cryptolinguist. That's Andrew McIntyre. I did mostly signals and digital network intelligence operations in support of forward deployed Navy assets. So I obviously... um, and most interested in this topic because it affects me directly. But also, like I said, my inspiration was twofold in that I've had uh, family members targeted in the past for charity scams um, who have lost a lot of money. So I kind of feel a kind of a sense of obligation or duty to um, understand this threat uh, in order to help people around me that uh, may not understand it as well. David, why are veterans such a, a popular target for these scammers? As with a lot of victims of um, widespread cybercrime, it comes down to sort of the, the nexus between vulnerability and availability. Within the, the veterans threat landscape, you have both veterans that can be targeted and then you have their supporters who can be targeted. So you've got a large body of people who are potential victims. But then you also have, particularly for veterans, a demographic that in many cases is facing some types of financial or social instability. So whether that's folks who are having trouble finding a job or folks who are suffering from some type of mental health. You have a group of people that is, in some cases, uniquely vulnerable to the types of lures that we see for veteran scams. So, for example, um, offers of financial assistance or, you know, a new lease on life in the form of a new education or a new job opportunity. Hmm. Well, let's go through the report together here. I mean, you, you start things off looking at some domain abuse. Take us through what you found there. Sure. Domain abuse is actually one of my favorite things to look through because there's just such a huge data set for it. There are are Hmm. thousands and thousands of domains that are being registered on a weekly basis. So um, it can be it can be tricky to make sure that you're isolating the correct data because you're for any text string. You know, we could be looking at veterans or any other demographic. You're going to find something that's coming up in terms of domain abuse. So what we were looking for in particular was um, any evidence of. Uh, targeting of veterans with a financial component, right? So something that would either be trying to um, bilk people out of uh, support money for veterans or um, target veterans themselves, um, either for their credentials or for some of their financial information. So we were looking for things like um, the term veterans plus a number of other different types of terms. So, uh, for example, charity, support, help, assistance, etc., And uh, Andrew, what sort of uh, names rose up to catch your attention here? So we do see a lot of uh, activity around domains being registered, uh, exploiting terms like veterans affairs, um, financial assistance. Obviously, the VA pops up a lot. And then obviously, uh, nonprofit organizations such as Wounded Warrior Project um, are targeted a lot. And um, so we are seeing a lot of exploitation around 
as as David mentioned, um, people looking for financial assistance or uh, looking for the quality of health care that they might not be getting from the VA. Um, just any opportunity that uh, scammers can get to get their foot in the door and exploit uh, people who are not doing so well these days. And, and so well, then what's the follow-up here? As you see these being registered, um, how do you go in and, and determine, are they being actively used? Are they being parked? What are the, the next steps for your team? That is often the most manual of the exercises that we went through for this report. Um, it's fairly hmm. easy uh, based on our data to take a look at um, a, a big volume list of domains that are registered within a certain time frame that correspond to certain text strings. But understanding whether or not those are malicious requires, in many cases, going either domain by domain or by, let's say, IP space by IP space to see, okay, is there an IP address that's hosting a bunch of these domains that's associated with some malicious activity, which we did find for one of the sets? Um, is there evidence that any of these domains are hosting um, either malicious items in themselves or are clearly being set up as part of a larger campaign for, let's say, ad click. Uh, we see that quite a bit. People, you know, putting together a bunch of domains that are essentially parked pages and are either going to be used to drive ad click revenue or um, used as traditional type of squatting to force others who are have more benign intentions in mind to buy it from them. Yeah, let's dig into some of the, the things that you found here. One of the ones that, that caught my eye was uh, a scam. I, I believe it was on Instagram, and they were going after uh, former members of the military um, looking at cryptocurrency and things like NFTs. What, what was going on there? That's correct. So we are seeing through our research that uh, crypto scams and NFT scams are becoming a really popular vehicle for scammers targeting veterans and veteran supporters. We believe that that's you know due to the the current financial situation for many veterans in America at the moment, um, the more opportunities there are for people to make money, there are more opportunities for people to scam people out of that money. It appears that crypto and NFT scams are just the latest in the opportunity that scammers see to exploit these people. Um, and I think there is also kind of an element uh, of it being kind of a novel and new uh, f a vehicle for investment for people um, looking to make hmm. uh, quick uh, money, I guess, to say. Um, but I think, you know, the advice I always give people is, you know, money doesn't grow quickly, it grows slow and intentional. So um, anything that looks too good to be true, whether it be a crypto scam or an NFT scam, it probably is. How about some of the political action committee uh, scams that you found here? What, what was going on with those? Yeah, so this, the particular use case we ended up using was a, was a, a possible scam operation that I found through my research called Protect Our Veterans SP. And the unique thing about this operation is that they are, um, they're using different avenues, uh, for exploitation. Um, they use several different kinds of, uh, scams packaged within one, I guess you would call it platform. We found that, uh, Protect Our Veterans is not only advertising itself as a charity, but it's also advertising itself as a political action committee, um, looking to target individuals who want to get individuals elected into office that align with their political beliefs. Um, so they're using the issue of veterans in need, veterans in crisis to further their agenda of driving home what appear to be um, right wing uh, and uh, xenophobic ideologies. Yeah, it was really striking. Um, you know, I, I, I suppose taking advantage of the current political divide in our nation to amplify their message. 
Yeah, it's uh, political affiliation is starting to become very attractive lore for uh, scammers, especially in our country with as divided as it is, as you mentioned. Um, it riles up a lot of emotions, people, you know, people are very passionate about their political affiliations. And when you have uh, such a lightning rod of an issue that generates such um, controversy, it's an easy lure for people because uh, we become blinded by our emotions in a way. And scammers are looking to take advantage of that. They're looking to get us riled up and get us feeling intense that we must have to act immediately. If we don't act immediately, then our country is worse off for not acting. Um, and that's really the language that they're trying to generate and the emotions that they're trying to bring about in people. Yeah, it's fascinating to see the, these attempts to really, I suppose, you know, short-circuit people's rational thought uh, and elicit an emotional response, a, a call, an immediate call to action. Right. We see that all the time. We see that, you know, one of the most successful tactics of a scammer is uh, getting someone to feel like they have to act immediately, that if they don't act right now, that the problem is going to get out of control and they're not going to be able to help in the future. Um, not only are we seeing that from Protect Our Veterans, but they are, they are particularly crafty in that they are using it as an opportunity to turn the victim into an unwitting recruiter of their um, friends and family by saying, you must act now, hmm. you must get everyone you know to come to this site and donate as quickly as possible. Um, so it's not just tag targeting individuals, but it's actually recruiting those individuals unwittingly into becoming recruiters for the scam. Can, can you describe to me the, the different approaches when they're actually going after the veterans versus pulling the heartstrings for people who may be sympathetic to, to veterans' causes? Sure. So I think from this example specifically, we're seeing that the charity and the fake political action committee scams are probably targeting or most likely targeting uh, individuals looking to be charitable donors to veterans' causes. Um, Probably the fake job scam is one geared more towards veterans uh, seeking either financial assistance or job opportunities. And we are seeing that Support Our Veterans, the operator of Support Our Veterans SP, is actively sending out fake job advertisements, advertising that if you raise X amount of dollars, we will offer you this permanent position. Um, if you recruit your friends uh, into the company, we'll offer you recruitment bonuses. We're seeing that this this example in particular is targeting two different audiences in a way. It's targeting both veterans who are seeking out that help, and it's targeting those who want to lead a virtuous life and uh, give back to veterans who are in desperate need. David, I mean, what is your sense from the research as to who's behind this? Is, is this is this a case of the you know the usual suspects out there in cyberspace, the the scammers we're used to seeing, or is there anything particular about the folks who are attracted to this kind of scam? Well, I think that there are there are a couple of things that I can speculate, and we really didn't dive too much into attribution for either this or for sort of the more general landscape that we were looking at. So I want you mm. to take anything that I say with a giant grain of salt that this is okay. based on uh, an off-the-cuff thought and not based on a lot of evidence that I have in front of me. But sure. all of that said, I would very much not be surprised if what we're seeing in most cases is um, kind of the general run-of-the-mill opportunistic cyber criminal cartels, right? Um, they already in many cases have a good sense of infrastructure to stand up for a number of different lures and scam types. So it's not going to be outside of their wheelhouse and it's going to be fairly easy for them to pivot from existing lures and, and whatever else. Now, when we start getting into issues of um, lures associated with political affiliation, 
My suspicion is that we are looking at a breakdown of both cybercrime um, and I guess you might say newly minted cynical um, domestic opportunists. So hmm. as opposed to people who have been in cybercrime for a while, and I'm thinking particularly of things like crypto and NFT scams, I think that you have people who are attracted to easy money, um, particularly during within right now, the last couple of years, a time of, of tremendous financial instability across a lot of people, not just veterans within um, the U.S. And so I my guess is that there's there's a number of different motivations that are pushing some of these scams, some of them likely benign. Like, I think there are probably people who are sucked into assisting with some of these types of initiatives or campaigns who genuinely think they're putting something together to support veterans. Um, whereas the people behind the scenes, either with a, a standard history of cybercrime or kind of new entrants, are just kind of the 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 cynical and, and I guess, to use a... a I don't actually... I was going to use a term from Alan, but I realized I'm not going to swear on this podcast. Uh, let's just say really <laughs> bad people who are responsible. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, uh, let's come at the, the mitigations here from two directions. I mean, I'm, I'm interested in, in what you all recommend in terms of uh, protecting an organization. You know, if I'm an employer and I have, you know, veterans on my staff or I have people who, uh, you know, may be uh, interested in legitimate support of the folks who, who serve, um, how do I come at protecting them uh, for these things coming at them in the workplace. But then also after that, I'm, I'm curious, how do we uh, make sure that our loved ones are protected against this sort of thing as well? Sure, yeah. So one of the big things that I tell people right off the bat when they're dealing with a nonprofit organization is nonprofit and tax-exempt organizations are very proud of their 503c tax-exempt status. Um, so much so that they will go out of their way to uh, posted in one of two places in my research that I've found is either on the front page where everyone can see it or in the about us section. Um, that is a very clear indicator of a company that wants you to know that they have the credentials to be a nonprofit organization. Now, someone who is interested in uh, giving to an organization like that, it's very simple for them to go to uh, their search tools, such as uh, the IRS has one. Uh, there's an organization called GuideStar that you can enter this uh, either the company's name or their tax ID number into the search tool, and it will return to you whether that's an active uh, nonprofit organization or um, if not, then you know it means that they are not uh, advertising themselves as legitimate. One thing to do is to look at the, the credentials of the organization, if they are legitimate or not, and there's, it's very simple uh, to do. I would also say for people who are looking at an or, uh, organization like this, to just focus on on how what you're reading is making you feel. Um, if if you if it feels like the organization is trying to provoke you know emotion, emotional or urgent reactions from you, it's probably intentional. Um, it's an attempt to pressure customers into decision making, and it's something that nonpartisan organizations will refrain from doing. Uh, they'll refrain from using politically charged rhetoric uh, to influence customer opinion. So if you feel like you're being manipulated, uh, your thoughts or your emotions are being manipulated in some way. They most likely are, uh, unfortunately. You know, in terms of blocking these domains and, and things like that, is that an effective approach? Well, I think it depends on the context for that, right? You know, I, I would um, imagine that in many cases, the effectiveness of this campaign comes down less to, let's say, an email that somebody receives in a work context and much more something that someone receives within a personal context or on social media or from a friend, mm. right? So... Obviously, within a within a, a business context, there certainly are ways that you can use certain types of domain filtering and IP filtering 
based on intelligence to uh, reduce the amount of potential scams that are going to reach employees. But I think I think something like this, and particularly the examples that we found for this report, I think that really speaks much more to making sure that there is larger social awareness about cybercrime trends. Um, because as I said, I, I suspect that in many cases, when many of these compromises happen, it's based on a what feels like a more personal or intimate interaction and not something that I'm clicking through during my workday. Yeah, I mean, it really strikes me, you know, both my father and my father-in-law are uh, military veterans. Um, and I I really want to try to protect them against these sort of things. You know, sometimes I wonder if they're, they're sitting ducks as, you know, elderly folks who have a, a strong attachment to the time they spent serving our country. Uh, it seems to me like they'd be a prime target for something like this. And, you know, for, for folks who are in my situation, what do you recommend in terms of the conversations we should have with our loved ones. Well, this is exactly why the, this report, I wrote this report essentially, or we wrote this report was, um, you know, as a veteran, the opportunity to serve your country or that obligation or duty that you feel to serve your country, it doesn't go away when the uniform comes off. Uh, in fact, a lot of veterans like myself uh, find ourselves in situations where we want to be, we want to help after we've left, but, you know, our, op our light opportunities don't afford it. Um, so, I'm, I'm grateful that I was even put in a position to write a report like this, but the advice I would give people is, is exactly, um, what we were mentioning earlier is if, if it feels like someone is trying to influence you in some way or trying to coerce you or trying to make something seem really, really attractive and going out of their way to do it, that should just be a really obvious red flag. I know that it's not for a lot of people, but it really is. It, it should be a red flag that something is up. Scammers you know, they will request money through odd methods of payments. They will make financial mm. offers that appear, appear to be too good to be true. Uh, for instance, with Protector Veterans SP, you know, their their method for donating is just a PayPal link that you click onto, and it just it's just to a private PayPal wallet. There's nothing on the other end. So I would I would say that just stop for a second and do your research. Um, you know, there's nothing, there's no issue that's so critical that requires every American to act in a moment's notice. Uh, mm. it, there's nothing out there that isn't worth five seconds of your time to look up on the IRS search tool and, and confirm that it's legitimate. And actually you are, you're doing a, you're doing veterans a disservice by not doing that, by just going out and spending, you know, throwing your money cavalierly at, you know, any cause without doing your necessary research, the chances are pretty good that that money is not going to end up where it needs to go. And so just by taking a moment to to look up the organization, to ask yourself how it's making you feel when you read what the organization is doing, that can go a long way. And that can be the difference between, uh, you know, you saying, you know what, I would like to find something a little more uh, legitimate and you, you know, giving away, you know, in some cases, thousands of dollars to these illegitimate organizations. Right. And I suppose, too, I mean, just just having that conversation is important to for the folks who may not be as aware of these issues as those of us who who are uh, in the midst of it day by day, just to make sure they're aware that these things are out there and they need to have their guard up. Well, it's kind of a point I bring up in the end of the report is, uh, you know, these are very solvable problems. Um, in 2019, the Department of Homeland or the Department of Housing and Urban Development released a report that Ending veteran homelessness, for example, would cost American taxpayers approximately $20 billion. Now, that same year, we spent over $700 billion in defense funding. So as a veteran, I start to ask myself, you know, what what is stopping that money from making it to these very achievable uh, initiatives? 
Um, and one of the things that you bring up is, is awareness. I think it's just not something that's being talked about very much. And the more we bring up, you know, how present this threat is in our, our daily lives and how easy it would be for it to make it go away. I think it starts to, I think people start to rationalize it a little bit more in their more in more in their minds as, um, wow, why are we not doing anything about this? And, and what can we do to get past it? I'm honestly looking forward to us being able to do some more of this type of research next year. We'll have a little bit more time and a lot bigger of a data set based on the fact that we've done this the first time. Yeah, I guess I might add as kind of an echo of something that was said earlier in terms of, you know, support for not just veterans, but for, um, you know, the elderly. You know, you talk about how, I guess, brazen some of these scams are or some of the lures are. Mm. And any amount of social instability or polarization is going to drive it's, it's going to drive demographics in a way that's much easier to exploit from a cyber criminal perspective. For example, when we were looking at some of the veterans affairs items with that domain data set, you could see that they weren't just targeting veterans. They were also targeting anybody who wanted, an, you know, a new opportunity for education. They were targeting elderly. They were targeting just a general uh, group of people who had some type of financial issues, such as credit card debt. Uh, or we're looking for some type of grant, particularly from the government. The, the less stable certain things are within a country, you're going to see it much easier for cyber criminals to just lump a whole bunch of people together and hit them all at once because it's a bunch of people who are all suffering from the same trend or the same issue at the same time. Then you see this too when we're looking at political affili affiliations. You know, it's certainly not, you know, while in this case we saw it was much more kind of a, a right-wing uh, and hard-right xenophobic take, just across the political spectrum, it's really easy to to dupe and emotionally rile people in a way that you can take advantage of for either um, their support or their money or their sensitive data. I think uh, adding to that real quick, um, scams like charity scams, uh, you know, there's sort of these like matryoshka dolls of issues, right? They are the problem that we're dealing with. They're just the byproduct of more systemic problems. So a charity scam, for instance, cannot exist if the charity is posing as no longer supports a cause in need of charity. So, you know, eliminating scams from targeted charity organizations is a problem within a problem. Uh, you end veteran homelessness, you reduce the attack service targeting veterans and their supporters. We really have to ask ourselves, you know, whether we're prioritizing the right problems to deal with here in this situation. Our thanks to Andrew McIntyre and David Carver from Recorded Futures Insect Group for joining us. The report is titled Cyber Threats to Veterans in 2021, Spam and Scams Exploit Support for Veterans. You can find it on the Recorded Future website. Don't forget to sign up for the Recorded Future Cyber Daily email, where every day you'll receive the top results for trending technical indicators that are crossing the web. Cyber news, targeted industries, threat actors, exploited vulnerabilities, malware, suspicious IP addresses, and much more. You can find that at recordedfuture.com slash intel. We hope you've enjoyed the show and that you'll subscribe and help spread the word among your colleagues and online. The Recorded Future podcast production team includes coordinating producer Caitlin Mattingly. The show is produced by The Cyberwire with executive editor Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening.